Turn with me with your Bibles to James chapter 2. James chapter 2, verse 14 to 26. James chapter 2, verse 14 to 26. Hallelujah. It's a good day. So, are you there with me? Right, so what? Uh, okay, I'm going to read it from here. I've got my old King James Version open here. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, Go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by what I do. You believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish man. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. And scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rab, the prostitute, considered righteous, righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Amen. Amen. I want to challenge us today to commit. And, and so if you want a title to my sermon, I just put it, I commit. Right? I commit. What, what is your commitment? What are you going to commit to? What, are you, what is your faith going to commit to? Amen. Amen. And so as I, as I go into, into the Word, into the Word, I want you to be, to, to, to keep this. I commit. At the end of the day, I want you to commit to something. I want you to give yourself to something. What is it that you commit to? Because faith without works is dead. And I will challenge us on a, few, on a few things from this passage, but I want you to keep that in mind. That at the end of the day, it is what I put my faith to that makes the difference. Amen. Whether you've been here in the church for as long as the church has been around or not, just make that commitment. Just think about what am I committed to and what will I commit to going forward? What am I doing and what will I doing will I do going forward? And, and, and the reason why I challenge us on this is, is simply because of that. James, when he was writing this letter, he was writing it to beloveds. 
And he was challenging the beloveds that were saying, we are in the faith. We, we are. We are God's children. We go to church. We are there in the house. And he says, you know what, guys? Show me a little bit more than you're being in church. Show me a bit more than you just talking about faith. And this is why he comes and says, what does it profit you, my brethren? He calls them brethren because these are Christians that he's speaking to. He's not speaking to heathens. He's not speaking to outsiders. He's speaking to insiders. And I'm speaking to you as an insider today. Amen. Amen. I'm speaking to you as somebody who says, I belong to this family. I am part of AGP family. And I want to give you a challenge. What is your faith doing in AGP? Can your faith do something? In AGP what are you extending your, your abilities your talents your time your treasures to and so he says he says a man says I have faith and he does nothing is there any profit with that it's like the people you know my, my son was one time asked me dad how come I'm the only one who goes to church every Sunday and I said, because you're a Christian. He says, no, but all the other kids except for two say they are also Christians, but they never go to church. And I said, because you're a practicing Christian. <laughs> you're a practicing Christian. The others are just Christian by name. Why? Because, and so it profits them nothing. You're a practicing Christian. And so now he's happy to be coming to church because he says, I'm a practicing Christian. And he can stand and say, I went to football and I went to church because I'm a practicing Christian. I have my faith doing some work. Amen. Yeah. I have my faith active into something. I'm not just there to be called a Christian. I'm there to be called a Christian and I'm actively doing something. I went to, we wanted to see the mayor a few years ago. And, uh, and Pastor Deswa went, uh, and, and, and the mayor asked the question, what are you doing in the community? Before I even talk to you as a church, what are you doing in the community? And so we, it, it made me step back and say, wow, faith without works is dead. The mayor won't listen to you if you do nothing in the community. It was just really, really something that struck me. That as much as we talk about about our faith our faith must be shown in an action amen. amen and so i said to the church we're going to show ourselves as a church we need to have a story that we that why are we here as a church beyond just rejoicing and saying oh we love being in agp what difference are we making and that's where the value of we must make impact make a difference in society came from and this is something that happened what 10 years ago when we were trying to get the audience of the mayor. And then recently, um, <coughs> two years or so ago, I did go and talk to the mayor with Bart. And, uh, and, and, and the mayor was saying to Bart, can you please tell your pastor that I still am waiting for my invitation to come to your church? Right. Some years ago, he said, what do you do in this community? Why should I pay attention to you? Now he's saying, I need to come and visit you. Because there's something we have changed. Our faith has done an action. Are you with me, church? Yes. And so I, I need you also to, just to look at yourself. What am I doing? What is my faith doing? So can you say, can your faith save you? I mean, I, I looked at that statement and said, oh, but I thought I said, well, I'm saved by, by grace. 
By having faith in Jesus. Why? What is James asking? Can your faith save you? He's saying, look, it's not only words. It's also action. If you come up here and say, Lord Jesus, I accept you in my life. And you go back into the dirt that you were doing before. You have not been saved. You have to change. There is an action that follows your words. Amen. When you say, I accept you and I'm forgiven by you, you must begin to live a life that shows you are forgiven. When you say, now I follow after righteousness, but continue to do the things that are unrighteous, there's something wrong there because it's not only about words. When you say, I follow righteousness, you, you should also start to do the things that are considered as righteous. We were having an interesting discussion in the search the scripture about about worshiping in spirit and in truth yes i'm born again but the next stage is to keep walking in the truth to keep living by the truth to keep worshiping by the truth to stay in the truth your words must be linked to your action hallelujah Amen. and so that's what he's challenging here when you say i'm fulfilled with the spirit can we see the spirit in you is the Spirit in operation in your life? Is the Spirit doing the things that show that this is a Spirit-filled, born-again child of God? I believe in the Lord. And therefore I speak. And I also act. That's the challenge that James was giving to the church here. He says, for example, when you come up and meet a brother, and you find a brother who has no... No clothes. And you just go, Rika, shika, rababo, God bless you. Be warm. Goodbye. Is that faith? And then you find somebody who's crying. And you just say, Oh, in the name of Jesus, stop crying. And you go away. Is that faith? You need to be able to, What's going on? How can I support my brother? How can I help my sister? How can I, I, I don't know much about mathematics, but I know if you study a little bit more, can you just, 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 I know somebody who passed statistics, maybe they can help you. Oh, it's mama, yeah? <laughs> I, I know where you can find help. You heard what Yalko was saying? That sometimes as a church, we can pray and pray and pray, but we also have to recognize that sometimes you need somebody to help you professionally. To guide you professionally. I've had people who, who, are, who, are, who need help. They need support mentally beyond my prayers. I've cast out the demon. But after casting out the demon, they need somebody to counsel them and help them walk through And we need to know how to help those people. Otherwise, they become more frustrated the more we pray. You can't be casting out a demon out of somebody every time you meet them. Yeah. There's a moment where you need to help them. <laughs> somebody in a wheelchair. I mean, I, the, the, the day this man of God explained this to me, it helped me a lot because he says, you know, when somebody's been stuck in a wheelchair, their muscles, their muscles need to learn to walk again. And even if they step out and start walking, they cannot walk like you walk who's been walking all the time. Their muscles need to. They need to grow again. They need to strengthen again. And so you need to help them. 
to build them. And I thought, wow, because so often they say, stand up and let's kick the wheelchair and I'll go home. Yes, they need to go. But then if you see them sitting down there and say, I'm failing to walk, it's not that they're not healed. No. Their muscles need to, to get used to walking again. And so he was saying, he was saying it's called the working of miracles. And yes, sometimes I've seen God just touch somebody, their muscles are full of strength and they go. I've seen that happening. But there are some you need to work out the miracle. And so we need to know how to help people, move people to exercise and to live by faith. Amen. Amen. Now that I've prayed for you, go and study. Go and write your exam. Be confident. Before you go into that room, call me, I'll pray for you. Then when you get in, just write. Be confident. And after you've finished writing, call me again. I'll pray for you. What am I doing? Just helping somebody because I know what it is to write an exam and to go through the stress of an exam. It's not just enough to say, ah, have faith, bro. They can have all the faith, whatever that faith is. But if it is just in words, it profits. Have you ever seen people who have left the church because they say, the church was just telling me, pray, 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 and I never saw an answer. It was because people just left it in words and never brought it into practice. And so he challenges us. In verse 18, I love this verse. But someone will say, you have faith. I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds. And I will show you my faith by... Come on, read it confidently. It is the word of God. Read it without fear. I will show you my faith by what I do. It's not saying I will show you my salvation by my deeds. No. I will show you that I am saved by what I do. I will show you that I found the Savior. He's touched my life. I have faith in Him. I have confidence in Him. I have my trust in Jesus. I have my hope in Him. I will show that to you by what I do. Not just only by my declarations, but by the actions I do. And then He goes on and, and tells us, and tells us to say, you who believes God, there is one God. Even the devils believe that. That's not an issue. The issue is, what are you doing with your belief? What are you doing with your faith? What are you doing with your hope? What are you doing with your confidence? What are you doing with your security in Christ? That's what's going to make a difference. How do you impact the people around you by your faith? How do you touch those that are in need by your faith? I may not have a lot of money, but I can help you get a loaf of bread. Amen. Amen. I'm believing God for you that when you eat that bread, you will no longer be hungry. That's faith in action. I will help you write the letter of application. I cannot guarantee you the answer, but at least I can help you to write. Why am I helping you to write? Because I believe that one time I wrote a letter, I sent it, and they answered me positively. I can write for you again a text that can get you an answer. Hallelujah. Amen. I believe, and I put it into action. 
It's, it's what, we, what we need to, to come to. Our faith must be with works. And I want to round off and give you these four points. So he, he, he challenges us with Abraham. He says, our father Abraham, he was justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar. And so, so I want to challenge you and say faith is also shown in the sacrifices we make for God. Faith is also shown in the sacrifices that we make for God. It, it's shown in, in how much we believe God to His Word. How, can, how much we can step out of our comfort zones and sacrifice those things that we love so dearly and those things that are so dear to our hearts. Like Abraham gave his only son that he had waited 25 years since the promise, 100, what, 50 or so years since he had gotten married. And I was thinking, this guy, this is special. Abraham, it's been, you know, you get married. You get married and, and, and you're enjoying your first months or first year with your wife. And then suddenly something kicks in to say, let's become a father. Some more than others, but for me, it kicked in after the first year. So let's become a dad. And then Abraham doesn't become a dad. He's waiting, he's waiting, he's waiting. Waited. And then God comes and speaks to him. He says, you're going to be a father of many nations. Still no son. He's waiting. Becomes a hundred. Still waiting. I'm saying, wow. Then he has this son. And the son grows to an age where he can walk and understand about giving sacrifices and offerings. And, 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 and then God says, I want you to offer my son. To offer your son. I was just thinking, man, I would give Anutida for, for nothing. It would be a struggle. Give Anutida to somebody else. <laughs> I see Ernest and Florence are laughing. <laughs> give great. Send him away. And start again. <laughs> Let's take Emmanuel. Elton, let's take Ngar. You're long awaited God. <laughs> you know, I don't know, just, just, just. Why am I taking the boys? Because, you know, there's something about the generation, the generation name, like, dealing with the situation where I say, but he's my son. <laughs> you know? I thought, okay, what about the daughters? <laughs> but there's just something about that. And so here is Abraham. It was even more stronger in those times than it is now. And he gives his son Isaac. And the Bible says it was considered. What will be considered as righteousness for you? That's my closing remark. What will be considered as righteousness for you? Just want you to pray. You can remain sitting. Just, just pray. Just pray for yourself. What commitment are you going to make? Pray for yourself. Lord, help my faith to, be action, to, to become action. Help my faith to learn to make sacrifices for you. I refuse to have a dead faith. 
And I pray that my faith will be alive. I don't want a corpse of a faith, but I want a faith that is alive in you. That will be seen, oh God, by the actions I take, by the things I do because I am a believer, because I have believed in you, because I've put my trust, my hope in you, oh God. Because I'm filled with you, Holy Spirit, help me to put my faith into action. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.